Hey everybody, welcome back to Wicked Good Sports. Uh, as always, we have just a jam-packed show for you tonight. The first thing I would like to talk about is everything happening with Aaron Rodgers. So a week ago, we were doing a live stream to cover the draft. I'm thinking, hey, the draft is going to be the most important story that has to you know, happen right now. Extremely happy, by the way, that the Dolphins drafted uh, Waddle going to, I think, play very well for the Dolphins. And then, of course, getting Phillips a little bit later in the first round. Exciting stuff. Wish that they got a running back, but hey, we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. But no, the NFL draft was somehow not the biggest new sports story uh, and not even the biggest NFL story of the day. That was, instead, Aaron Rodgers being quite disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers. There were rumors that the 49ers tried to trade for him. There were rumors that the Denver Broncos were going to trade for him very soon. And it really, really tore everything up. Uh, ever since then, we've just been getting, not hit pieces, but stories about Aaron Rodgers just hating the Green Bay Packers, hating their GM, um, just wanting out any way he can get. And it just seemed to come out of not necessarily nowhere because he certainly seemed to, you know, be disgruntled at the end of last season after the, you know, kick to field goal instead of going for it uh, on fourth down, down seven uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. But it really seemed like we were seeing something almost reminiscent of Brett Favre, not in the same way, but certainly in the sense that it was drama-filled happening in Green Bay. But today, uh, Adam Schefter went on to the Dan Patrick show, and <laughs> this is what he had to say. The man who dropped the bomb about Aaron Rodgers wanting out uh, had to say that he didn't have any direct sources for this story. That quote is, it was nothing that morning that came in that all of a sudden said to me, yeah, he wants out. You should report this. It was just an accumulation of information. Okay. Okay. I respect that. I respect that mostly because uh, Adam Schefter is pretty much being like, yeah, man, okay. I just wanted to be pretty messy um, on the draft day. I just wanted to break this crazy story, get everybody talking about me uh, via Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's no real sources, you know, just vibes, man. Just just going for it. And I respect the hell out of that. Do whatever you can to get your name out there. But uh, so all of this seems to be stemming from something that wasn't true. Just Adam Schefter's gut feeling. This is especially surprising one because... Adam Schefter is very well respected uh, and very much an insider. So anything that Adam Schefter is going to say is going to be, you know, taken at face value. Um, there was part of the reports being like they talked to team and league sources kind of confirming this. But I guess it's not true. So, huh. Will Aaron Rodgers stay in Green Bay? I think now, yeah. I think definitely. One, it's kind of... Trading Aaron Rodgers is sort of untenable. Uh, especially because he is, you know, really highly priced. And the things you'd have to give up for him would 
there's not very many teams that can both give up that much and also afford to pay him. I know the Dolphins have been linked by Dan Orvlosky. I don't I don't know why everybody wants the Dolphins to trade Tua. Um, I'm hoping it's because, I'm hoping that it will mean that he's going to be good at some point, but uh, definitely a weird aside there and something I'd be remiss if I didn't mention on here. But I, I am a little bit shocked that uh, Adam Schefter just kind of went for it and was just like, yeah, man, I feel, I just, I have a feeling in my bones that Aaron Rodgers is going to try to get out of Green Bay and, you know, maybe it'll be true. We did get a, we did get a report that Aaron Rodgers warned free agents <laughs> saying that he was not going to be around in 2021, but does that jive with reality with, uh, Aaron Jones taking less money to stay with the Packers? I don't know. I would love to hear what you think in the comments down below. I'm just not buying it, especially now, especially that Adam Schefter has backtracked and maybe, maybe him and Adam, him and Aaron Rodgers are close and Aaron Rodgers asked him to, to back off about it. But, uh, I don't know. Something doesn't, doesn't smell quite right about this entire situation. Everybody, welcome back to Wicked Good Sports. I'm your host, Brian Martin. I'm joined today by our resident hockey expert, a man who's going to tell us about all the fisticuffs that are going down in the NHL and why they're happening, <laughs> Mr. Chris Humanski. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing really well. Um, so hockey's back. I think uh, we can all say that uh, it's, well, this may not be a good thing uh it's definitely got people talking so can you uh can you some shine some light on this tom wilson situation and why there are fights and pictures of crowded penalty boxes and what is <laughs> happening what is going on all right so to tell the story from the beginning so for for some for some context i have nothing against fighting in hockey i think fighting right. is good for hockey it makes right it adds another exciting level to the sport or preface with that. Okay. Um, so Tom Wilson is a notorious instigator with the Washington Capitals. He goes around. He tries to make people mad. He fights them. He's a very mm. he's a very physical player, but right. that has gotten him into some into some trouble. A couple of years say. ago, he was um, just earlier this season. He was suspended for a, for a hit to the head on the Bruins. Uh, Brandon Carlo. He's suspended for seven games, right. and he's only just come back from that suspension. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years before that, he was suspended 22 games um, during the preseason for for a hit for a hit on the head. Okay. So this so, the, Tom kind Wilson of a dick. had he, he he has a history. Okay. <laughs> so the other night when the Capitals met the New York Rangers mm -hmm. for for a game. Um trying to think of how this how this all started so tom wilson is by the the rangers net with pavel pavel bushnevich okay who is a player for the for the rangers mm -hmm. so it starts when wilson cross checks with his stick bushnevich in the back of, in the back of the neck okay you, you can't do that that's not that's a, that's a no no that's how right. That's how somebody gets. That's how somebody gets seriously injured. Mm -hmm. He goes to the ground, right? And then he's now on the ground. Wilson grabs him, 
pulls him up, starts punching him in the face, then grabs his hair, pulls him down. Jesus. And and he's and is now being held on the ground with his stick. Mm-hmm. So then Artemi Panarin, who is another player for the Rangers, starts starts throwing some punches at Tom mm-hmm. Wilson. Wilson then grabs him by the head, throws him down on the ice, and while he's down, starts punching him in the head. Right. And that's so that's that's the incident. I don't know if my description really does it justice. But yeah, yeah if, if you haven't seen it, check it out so you can get the full context because it's it's a very violent, yeah. even for hockey standards, a very violent interaction. So he so Wilson Wilson gets a rough gets a roughing penalty mm-hmm. and is sent and is sent to the box for five minutes. Right. And then so when a five minute penalty is assessed, the league is supposed to take a look at the hit and decide what the proper discipline will be. This is where most this is where all the drama really really starts is with the discipline portion. Mm-hmm. So the league takes a look at it and everyone is saying Tom Wilson is going to get at least one game. Right. At least a one game suspension. He's a repeat mm-hmm. offender. He has a he has a history. He just came back from a suspension and he's already hurting players. Panarin from his injuries was unable to come back for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, So the league comes back with their decision. He's fined $500,000. Okay. And that's it. But he doesn't get suspended at all. No suspension. And the the $500,000 fine, or was it $500,000 or $50,000? It was a low, low fine, okay, and it's so. the and it is the maximum allowed by the collective bargaining agreement that the league has with the players' association. Okay, but that shouldn't bar them from being able to suspend him. He should mm-hmm. have been suspended. Right. So the Rangers put out a statement on Twitter the on Twitter the next day, mm-hmm. basically saying that the head of player safety, his name is George Paros is unfit for the job. Right. Unfit for his job as the head of player safety. Mm. That night, the Rangers and the Capitals played each other for the first time after this. And my God, it is probably one of the best hockey games I have ever I have ever watched. Yeah, so take us through that part. a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the video six that was like, going around was puck drop, fits are out right away. Yes. And this is before Tom Wilson had even taken the ice. <laughs> he ended up getting he ended up getting into a fight and getting hurt and taken out with an upper body injury. Mm. I think they just wanted to get him off the ice to for his own safety. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess uh, he's a marked man at this point. And as a result of all that, so the Rangers were fined $250,000 for their mm. statement against George Paros by the league. Okay. They weren't so. happy with him with them bashing a league exec. Mm. And I have notes. Um, <laughs> this is good. You prepared. I like it. Yes. So Pavel Bushnevich, who was one of Wilson's targets from the last game, mm. he's suspended for one game after this game last night. So for, for cross, so he gets suspended. Capitals player. Right. He got sus- he got suspended, but Tom Wilson is still allowed to play. Everyone thought he should have been suspended for the entire Capitals playoff run. 
Right. So <sighs> that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like like I said, it was a uh, as a casual hockey guy, it was a very interesting moment to be privy to to see one a game immediately starting with people just fighting. That's exciting, I think, personally. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I, oh, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to like misrepresent it, but there is something alluring about hockey and the fact that they let them fight each other. It's, uh, you know, all these, it, uh, there are unwritten rules that have written rules attached to them. Right. Right. Which is, which is unique for, for really any sport. Yeah. But uh, you're not, these things into account. you're not really going to fight in any other sports for baseball, but that's like shoving. Usually it's not really like, yeah, a, it's not a real fight. You don't have knives on your feet in baseball. Let's put it that way. But, uh, yeah, no, this is this is a very interesting uh, situation. I think, on, honestly, like, yeah, it's bad for the Rangers players who got injured. Um, it looks bad, I guess, for the league for not suspending him. But I think it's kind of a net so, positive. I have, some, I have something with that. I just verified some of my information. Turns okay. out I over I overstated the fine. The fine was $5,000. Okay. Not so 500 he... not fifty. $5,000. So Tom Wilson gets a $5,000 fine, and the Rangers are like, kind of seems like bullshit, and they get fined $250,000 for that. Yes. Okay. That, that's interesting. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I've, I've thought that NHL player safety has been a joke for, for years. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time that they've bungled one of these things. This is, and I'm sure it will not be the last. A lot of it, I feel, has to do with the way that the Washington Capitals are viewed by the league. They're one of the they're one of the top teams in in the league. They're certainly course, yeah. the best American team at this at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they just won the and finals a couple they draw, years ago. They draw, they draw a lot. They draw a lot of a lot of fans, and they have legends like Alex, Alex Ovechkin playing mm-hmm. for them. Um, they're a well-funded team. There's a great fan base down in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the league is sort of coddling them because they don't want to they don't want to upset that important fan base. But something that they ignored is that the New York Rangers, who are the victims in all of this, right. are the most profitable team in the league. Mm. So that... And have the highest payroll. Right. So but the problem is that they're not as good, so the league mm-hmm. isn't as interested in that. That makes sense. I, but so all this aside, like I said, I think this is good for hockey as a sport because it gets people talking about hockey. I feel like people oh, yeah. forget. I feel like people forget about hockey, and uh, especially the playoffs in hockey are like the best. Yeah, especially in areas like the Midwest and the South, where like people, like kids didn't grow up playing hockey in Georgia. Or no, North Carolina. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, like it's definitely... not the same way as it is in like New England or Minnesota or or Michigan or places like that where hockey is, has mm. a very strong uh, is a is an important part of the culture. Right. Yeah. So I think I think this is good. I think in heading into the playoffs, get some heat going. Maybe maybe you could turn this into a net positive. But uh, speaking of the playoffs, we want to get into you're wearing the gear. The Boston Bruins have yes, clinched. Sir. So, tell me about how they're doing right now as we transition. Unless there's anything else you want to add to that topic. 
So at this moment, the Bruins are actually playing their last regular season game against the, against the New York Rangers, and they are last I checked, they were winning two to nothing. All right. Hey. So they they're looking very strong going into the playoffs. They're going to be playing the Washington. They're going to be playing the Washington Capitals. That's our decided. We've got we've got momentum on on our side right now. The Capitals kind of have some negative juju going on with them, right? Um, which is which is going to be a distraction for them. And the Bruins can come in there and take and take advantage of that. Taylor Taylor Hall and David Krejci are a match made in heaven on the second line. They're always putting up points together. The first line, Brad Marchand. Uh, is looking great. Patrice Bergeron is looking great. Pasternak is looking great. The only real drama that that's going on right now is with the goalie situation. Okay, tell me about. We that. already know that, that Tuka Rask is going to be the starter going forward, mm. for for the goalies. But now the fight is going to be over that number two spot, Yaroslav Halak, which is who's held that for so long. His his job is in danger right now. He. He played the other night, took a very rough, rough last shot in the overtime. Mm-hmm. He was he was not happy about he was not happy about that. He didn't play a great game. He just came back from a month of COVID protocol. Right. He's looking right. a little rusty. While on the other hand, this rookie, Jeremy Swayman out of out of UMaine, has been dominant and he, they're already calling him one of the best upstart goalies. Mm-hmm. In the league, in the league, and so right now there's a question: who's gonna who's gonna be the backup for the playoffs? Is it gonna be Halak or is it gonna be Swayman? Mm-hmm. And Halak knows that his job is in danger. Swayman, I think, is ready, right, to take it on. Yeah, going into the playoffs, I'm optimistic about the, about the playoffs this year. Do you think, being from the University of Maine, does he have a lot of like the Boston fans behind him? You know, yes. I mean, New England people are very loyal to people from like the area who people went to call. I feel so. I, I feel like him going to University of Maine is is a big thing for him in terms of fan support. Is, is that accurate to say? It was very it was very exciting for people. I actually know some people who went to UMaine with him mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to know Jeremy Swimmon. They were all very excited when he got drafted by the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Dream come true. Um, like that's every every kid who grows up in New England wants to grow up to play for the Red Sox, play for the Patriots, play mm-hmm. for the Blue, play for the Bruins, play for the Celtics. Like we love we love our hometown teams here. So it's very right. it's huge when we can see one of our one of our kids grow up and do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's gonna be it's tough. It's tough because you know. The old adage is you never lose your job because of injury, but we know that's not true. And yeah. while he was out for COVID, uh, well, people in New England knows that know that's not true more than more than most, considering Bledsoe <laughs> kind of lost his job due to an injury way back when. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think it's a it's a tough situation um, for him. But hey, I'm I mean, you gotta do what's best for the team, and if if you gotta ride the hot hand, especially at a position like goalie, where you know. Kind of important, I would say. Yeah. A little bit, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. So is there anything out? Are you are you at all concerned that Tom Wilson is going to be on that ice against the Bruins in the playoffs? I'm more concerned that nobody's going to – I'm more concerned that nobody's going to do anything about him mm. on the ice. I'd like to see 
I'm not condoning violence, but I wouldn't hate it if if somebody roughed him up a little bit during <laughs> during the games. Um, Brad Marchand, I'm sure, will get under his skin. Yeah, I, I would say. Pretty likely. Um, the other big storyline of this series would be uh, Chara, our, our boy for so many years, is coming coming back to Boston, but as, as an adversary now. How, yes. uh, what, what's the feel on that? How's, uh, Chara one, how's he doing in Washington and two, can you kind of track the feelings people may have of this series because of that? Well, Chara is doing great with the Capitals. That's a great, mm-hmm. that's a great fit for him. It's where he, it's where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will all, there's always going to be a special place in my heart for Zidane Chara. He's been such an important part of, of the Bruins for the last mm-hmm. I don't even know how long, as long as I can remember. Um, Big Z, we call him. He'll get, he will get a warm reception coming back, even as an adversary. Um, we don't do guilt by association. Right. <laughs> um, I, lo- I actually like Zidane Chara being on that team because maybe he's somebody that can get through to Tom Wilson, who's still young. He's still got, there's still time for him to. Turn the uh, to uh, turn over a new leaf, right? Yeah. So I guess uh, the only question left is, uh, what's your prediction for the series? I think it's going to be a tough series. The mm. the Capitals are the number one seed going in. Um, they're an obvious they're an obvious favorite. Like I said, the Bruins have momentum mm-hmm. on their side. Um, they've really first and second lines have definitely got to figure it figured out. And if they can take advantage of some of the problems that the Capitals are having, controlling their own players, staying out of the right. penalty box, and and you know weak weak holes in that their defense sometimes has, mm-hmm. if they can take advantage of that, then I think that we can hold our own and make it a competitive series. All right. So I guess, what do you think? Who's going to come out on top in how many games? What's your what's your call? You know what. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say the Bruins will do it in three. All right. You heard it here first. Bruins in three. Let's hope that's the case. And uh, <laughs> let's hope we got a long playoff run ahead of us. I mean, we'll still be talking about the playoffs even if the Bruins get knocked out. But, you know, okay. it'd be nice to talk about the Bruins for a while going on here. Because so like I said at the top, I think um, hockey has just probably the best playoffs in all the major sports, you know. There's nothing like playoff hockey. Yeah, so we'll all be watching, of course. Chris, is there anything else you want to add before we get on out of here? I guess the last thing, the last bit of exciting news for the NHL is that there's a brand new team operational starting this week. Okay, I forgot about that. Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. I like the name. Now. They made their final payment. They can sign players, make trades, do all that good stuff leading up to their expansion draft this summer. All right, so we're, we'll definitely be talking more about that in the future, especially as signings and the expansion draft goes. Hey, good for Seattle. Seattle's a great city, um, having been, um, and I think they will appreciate having a hockey team there. The Kraken is a fucking great name for a hockey <laughs> team, I have to say. So looking forward to them, you know, getting everything going and seeing. And I think, like, Hey, we had we just had the Vegas Knights join the league, and that was a really big success. I mean, I love the Knights in the finals, like, and they're in Vegas. Vegas is 
you know, it, it's really going right now with them and the Raiders there now. So I think once stuff opens back up and once COVID, you know, allows people to actually go and see, I think we'll, you know, be in a good place for Vegas sports. So, yeah, just an exciting time for the NHL in general. Yes. All right, Chris, where can they find you online? So you can find me on Twitter. I'm Chris underscore Uminski. And I post, I post a lot of hockey news there and some other stuff. And if you're into a more casual experience, I am on Facebook. All right. Go check him out there. I'm, of course, Brian Marr. You can find me on Twitter at the fake me Marr. This channel is Wicked Good Sports. The main channel is YouTube.com slash Wicked Good Everything. I also have a podcast channel, YouTube.com slash Better Radio. Uh, follow the channel on Twitter at WG Everything and Instagram at Wicked Everything and Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Wicked Everything. And on TikTok, check out check us out there so search we can get everything you know it's always so long-winded at the end of these because i'm always like i don't want to forget but also i don't want to take five minutes but uh hey thank you so much for your time and uh yeah go bruins go bruins everybody welcome back to wicked good sports i'm your host brian mar and i'm joined as always for the at the buzzer segment by jack tiernan jack how you doing brian i'm good thanks thanks for having me on again Hey, thank you so much for coming on. So we usually talk Celtics, um, or sometimes we talk about Steph Curry when he's lighting it up, which he <laughs> hasn't stopped doing since we've last no. spoken. But uh, today we want to get uh, in on what a few years ago would have just been like hammering the trending topics of the Ball family, but I think things have settled down a little bit. But uh, you want to talk a little bit about LaMelo Ball and if he can win Rookie of the Year coming on, coming back off an injury. Man, I, uh, LaMelo, let's start with this. His, the reason that he is, he was so highly toted to begin with was because mm-hmm. of that name, right? The whole ball right. family was yeah. the big deal. Mostly LeVar, honestly. And LeVar is kind of like, nobody cares about LeVar. He's a psycho now. So, mm. um, but at the time, amazing marketer. At oh the time, God. he went yeah. from nothing to being on ESPN talking shit. I can beat Michael Jordan one on one. But, uh, that's, yeah. he, you know, you're right. It's it's kind of like a head turning method, but it worked, right? Mm-hmm. Look at, the, I mean, all of his his boys got drafted probably higher, at least Lonzo probably higher than he should have been, you know. And then there's Lamelo who looks like he should have been drafted probably mm-hmm. higher than he should have been, um, higher than he was rather. But Lamelo is one of the pretty much someone said it. I think it was Stephen A. said that Lamelo is what we were all promised Lonzo would be, <laughs> and that's. And that's I was like, wow, that's, that's way true. too yeah, it's way too real, man. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's super accurate. Lamelo's flashy. He's got like elite ball handling skills, obviously. Court vision mm-hmm. is like otherworldly, man. Um, I think watching that and watching his performance, even without missing a beat really from being out a month and a half, is mm-hmm. just it's that's deserving in my book, if I had to pick, you know. Um, his only other competition is like Anthony Edwards on the T-Wolves, and mm-hmm. that's a bad team, frankly. And now the Hornets team is on the fringe of the playoffs. Yeah, so I guess, like, what is uh, LaMelo meant to this Hornets team, especially coming down the stretch, like you said, being on the verge of the playoffs? Yeah, so the Hornets as a team are pretty gritty, right? They're kind of like, we had a couple of guys, basically they're Boston 2.0 now, right? They've got right, right. Terry Rozier, Brad Wanamaker, Gordon Hayward, somehow find a way to bring this back to Boston, mm-hmm. of, of course. course. But, <laughs> right, right, I have to represent here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you add 
Uh, you've got scoring threats in Hayward and Rozier. Uh, you've got a floor general now on the mellow ball who really can run the offense and let Terry Rozier play off ball a little bit, which is more of his game as is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, man, I think he's the piece that these guys need. The thing with the Hornets is that they're super explosive and their defense is like probably middle of the pack, I would say. I don't know where they rank defensively in the league right now, but I don't I don't think that they're anything special. Um, they've got to score a lot of points to win, though, basically. Right, um, right. With LaMelo at the helm, though, it's a lot easier to do that than forcing Terry into the one and having him distribute because now Terry mm-hmm. can just shoot his shot while LaMelo can do everything else. Right, yeah. So I guess uh, we want to talk a little bit about his stats since he's been back. Yeah. So he's been, I mean, since he's been back, I'm looking at his stats here. Uh, clearly on an upward swing, which is awesome. Um, it, his first three games back were 11 points, 14 points, 23 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, rebounds and steals all relatively like standard. Like he's got two seven rebound games, couple of averages like six and a half assists a game since he's been back. Those are some pretty good numbers. Those aren't pedestrian by any means. Mm-hmm. You're putting up 17 points a game. Um, on an already loaded offensive team, uh, I mean, you got Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, again, Gordon Hayward is back. So it's like, man, the fact that he's able to still put up these numbers after being gone for essentially a month and just come right back in and slot into that offense, I think, means says a lot about him as a player uh, as well yeah. as that team. So what do you think their chances are to make the playoffs now that he's back? I th- oh, I think they're in almost 100%. They'll definitely get into the play-in game, and I think that if you've got everybody 100%, I think it's a pretty good chance to play. I don't... Th- there's still so much going on with the play-ins right now where, like, the seeding in the East is so close from, like, the fourth seed down, basically. Mm-hmm. you got Milwaukee in, in no particular order. It's Brooklyn, um, Philadelphia, Milwaukee is the top three seeds. Pretty much locked. Mm-hmm. And then four down, you've got, like, the Knicks... Uh, Atlanta, etc., and it's kind of all a jumble, right? They're all within like two, three games of each other. So, um, I don't know where the Hornets are going to land up. They might play the Celtics. They might play Atlanta. Um, those are probably the two likeliest. And I think, I think honestly, the Hornets in the play-in game could. There's a good chance they could beat both. Right. So, I guess, what do you think it would mean for um, his? I guess campaign i don't know if that's the right word but what do you think yeah i think so odds to win rookie of the year you know given he's missed time if he's able to come back and lead the hornets to the playoffs yeah i think odds is probably better i think you're right Mm. but i think i think if he can come back and lead them to the playoffs uh, i think i'm gonna i'm gonna campaign for him against ant edwards right because those two those are kind of the two front runners at this point uh tyrese halliburton's good too but he's definitely like second fiddle to both of them um it sucks but it is what it is anyway ant edwards is a decent player on a bad team who's already kind of got you know they've already got their stars i think Lamelo is emerging as a star on a team that already is loaded and doesn't really have didn't at least before this season have an identity of like okay who can we run this offense through mm-hmm. right um Again, in Minnesota, you have Carl Anthony Towns. You've got D'Angelo Russell, who, granted, got over there last season in a trade. But, like, he just kind of slotted in, Anthony Edwards, that is, and hasn't really made that much of an impact compared to LaMelo, who comes in, and you see highlights of LaMelo on SportsCenter, on ESPN all the time. Granted, that's that's just your reporting. But, um, right. 
even still, I think, man, I think LaMelo is just, I think he's got the explosiveness. He's got the brand recognition. I think he's got everything. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see, right? Uh, little transition yeah, true. here. Um, so, from one fringe playoff team to another, again, we're going to go back to uh, Steph Curry. Uh, we had a yeah. conversation earlier in the week, um, texting back and forth about what qualifies an MVP. Because, like, if you're individually great, but your team doesn't have success, does that warrant you being the MVP? And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, especially when it, you know, pertains to Steph Curry. Man, I I love this discussion. I love this debate, right? Because there there are a lot of ways you can look at it, and I don't think there's one correct way. I think it right. depends. And then it comes back to, okay, what weighs differently on a certain team, right? Because let's, Steph Curry, let's talk Steph Curry, because the dude is putting this team on his back, and it still might not be enough. So you have to, you have to respect his effort, right? You have to say, okay, Steph is having an unbelievable season. He's putting up like 40 points a game, but the team's not good. So, okay, is Steph the most valuable player to this team that isn't going to go anywhere in the playoffs? Or do you look towards a team that is surging right now with one clear distributor and and contributor? I can say that for Jokic, for example, Mm -hmm. because he's probably the only other guy Steph has to compete with, aside from Embiid, maybe. Um, But... You got Jokic, who does literally everything, man. He averages like 10 assists a game, 10 rebounds a game. Like, it puts up stupid points. And that was that was when he was with Jamal Murray. Now that Jamal's gone, he's still going crazy. Like, they won, I think it was like, they went 8-2 and two without Jamal after he got his, he tore his ACL or whatever it was. Right, right. Um, I think that quantifies, like, look, you're able to put a good team on your back compared to Steph, who is trying to put a bad team on his back and it's the result is very different. So I, I mean, if I had to pick, I think my MVP is Jokic. I think right. Steph is, you know, I think Steph's elite. I think he's great, but it hasn't been enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard. Cause it reminds me quite a bit about Adrian Peterson the year. He won MVP. He ran yeah. A thousand yards. He literally did everything he possibly could. Yeah. He was rewarded with uh, Joe Webb starting a playoff game against oh the Packers, God. which uh, went Stop. very poorly um, for everyone who remembers that. Uh, and it's just, it's just a hard thing because like MVP, you know, the most valuable player, but if the value isn't there, if your team doesn't get anywhere, right. what is the value? What, you know, like it's not, best offensive player it's not you know most explosive player most right. entertaining player it's supposed to be um because it's valuable it's supposed to have an inherent value and that value is success and if your team is still losing then you're not as valuable i don't know i'd That's, love to hear people man. like sign yeah you know, kind of debate us on that but i don't know no i'm with you man i agree completely but i i like hearing the other side of the argument i'd like to hear mm. something come back from us yeah, because, I mean, of course, the other side is if Steph Curry wasn't there, what would this team look like? I mean, we got a little bit of that last year, right? Where uh, Oh, God, yeah. Really bad. Um, gross. But, a gross team. Yeah, so it's like what I, – I think it comes back to what is – what. how do you measure value in sports? And yeah. I think it's playoff appearances. I think it's team success. And if your team isn't having success, then what you're providing doesn't have inherent value. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, 
you can put up 40 points a night and not make the playoffs. What value do you have? You know, mm-hmm. I know it's shitty to say because Steph is an elite, <laughs> elite player, right? Yeah. But, um, man, just everybody around him is still so bad. <laughs> just unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a really uh, strange and disappointing like end to this Warriors team that looked like know, they're man. just gonna dominate forever. And I'm sure we can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tease this a little bit, right? Though you think about what value did Kevin Durant have for that team? Was Kevin mm-hmm. Durant the reason of their success after their first championship? And would they have right. made it even that far without him? Yeah, I mean, you know, fi- uh, Finals MVP for Durant, like during that right. run, you know, he he really was a huge part. No, no pun intended. Obviously, he's a giant man, but uh, you know, he really was a big <laughs> part of that team and a big part of their success. And without him, it's it's been surprising to say the least to yeah. see the Warriors struggle so much. So, I mean, those are our opinions, and we'd love to hear yours in the comments yeah. down below. Are we are we idiots? Are like are we are we looking at this wrong? Because um, I do think there are different, you know awards maybe not in basketball necessarily but there are different like accolades that you can give to players like who do pop off statistically but you know aren't providing that value i think it's a different tier for the mvp um yeah but hey i'd lay like said i'd love to hear about it jack is there anything else you want to touch on before we get on out of here no man i think that's it um i guess i hold your breath if you're a celtics fan because we got a bumpy couple of weeks coming up man yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the win we have a lot more like discussions about the Celtics going forward. If not, we'll yeah. find stuff to talk about, I'm sure. Of course. With the playoffs. But, uh, Jack, thank you so much for your time. And uh, where can we find you online? Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. Um, so, easiest place to find me with some awful Celtics takes probably are uh, Jack underscore Tiernan at Twitter.com. Um, it's not an email address, but go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got some... Potentially good, potentially very bad Celtics takes. Go give me a look and tell me how you think. And uh, you can follow me online uh, at, on Twitter at the fake name, minus B-M-A-R-R. I just probably just have bad takes about everything, let alone the Celtics. <laughs> so if, you, if you're into that, check uh, check me out there. Fire you up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, nothing else. <laughs> uh, anything else, um, you can follow us the channel as a whole on Twitter at WG Everything, on Instagram at Wicked Get Everything, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash we can get everything um yeah thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one